Welcome to Out of the Technicolor Closet, a podcast promoting inclusivity and understanding for the LGBT youth of today and tomorrow. We are your hosts, Ling and Stephanie. This is sponsored by the Outreach Center located in Benton Harbor, Michigan. So we're going to talk about ourselves, why this is important to us and some history later on. So let's talk a little bit about ourselves for a moment. I've been out of the Technicolor Closet for about uh, four years now, went through a lot of problems, faced a lot of uh, issues dealing with my parents, my friends, community, um, backlash, and the acceptance of when I did come out as bi. The reason why I was inspired to do this podcast was because when I was coming out, I struggled a lot with figuring out a support system as well as finding out who I was throughout those times. I feel this podcast is important to me because all of the trials and tribulations I faced while I was coming out made me feel alone. And I want to be able to tell other people that are going through the same things that I went through that they're not alone and that they're accepted somewhere and that there is help out there. And I would like to be able to provide that. So I actually didn't come out until about three years ago. Um, and it was actually after a three-year relationship with a woman that m- majority of the time it was secret to the majority of my friends and definitely my family. I've had a big struggle with my parents over the years, definitely was not accepted uh, with that. And that's why I never told them or any of my family about it. And that's why I was so scared to tell so many of my friends. And uh, it was just a big struggle because... Obviously, if you're keeping any kind of relationship in secret, it's going to cause issues. But in addition to that, I unfortunately was with someone who was very emotionally abusive. It was not a good relationship, but that doesn't have anything to do with this. (laughs) It was more so just, you know, bad situation and all. But yeah, it was kind of terrifying just having to deal with this struggle inside of you, thinking that there was something wrong with you. And yet you're also in love with a person. And then you couldn't tell anybody about it. So it's, it's been a big struggle. And uh, I knew when I was about 12, 13 years old that there was something different about me. But at that time, I always thought there was something wrong with me. And, you know, that created a lot of issues too, self-hate and uh, always feeling like there was something that I could never do right exactly to please other people because I was not like everybody else. At least that's just what it felt like. Um, so that was kind of <laughs> how my story began. So it was basically about mm, 15 years of knowing and hiding. So that's just a little bit about us. But uh, now we'd actually like to get into the acronym of LGBTQ plus all that stuff that's included in that, which is a little confusing. Yeah. And there's more to it than just that. But Lynn, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So first, we should probably say, like, what is LGBT? Like, it's not a sandwich, by the way. (laughs) It does sound like it, but. So LGBT plus it's now LGBTQIA plus Mm -hmm. uh, the L stands for lesbian. So women who love women. Uh, Gay stands for gay people or gay men. Mm -hmm. Um, Bi stands for bisexual people, people who prefer both or either genders. T is for trans um, trans could either be referring to male to female or female to male or gender fluid, mm-hmm. um, other things that fall under that umbrella. Q is just for queer umbrella term for maybe all of the LGBT community or just people who identify other than straight. 
I is for intersex and A is for asexual or ally. That's good because, yeah, even being part of the community, uh, I, I fall under the B. And you do too, of course. Uh, yeah, but even like coming, I guess, into the community fully only in the past few years, there's still plenty to learn for ourselves. The acronym changes so often it gets really confusing. So when it comes to being politically correct or just trying not to offend anybody, you you walk a thin line sometimes and you don't try to, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it gets a little tricky. Well, it's challenging because even if you don't mean to offend anybody, some people can take offense to it. Regardless of that, even when you're like, no, I'm I'm with you on this. I'm just not familiar with everything Mm -hmm. just yet. Was it was it just some like straight guy that was like, hey, yeah, you guys should go by this. <laughs> yeah, um, actually didn't read too much into it, but I think he was probably gay. And his name was Harry Hay. So Harry Hay was gay. <laughs> LGBT has been used since the 1990s after it was adapted from just LGB, which stood for lesbian, gay and bisexual only. LGB replaced the term gay in reference to the LGBT community in the mid to late 1980s. So trans wasn't really a a well-known, talked about subject being transgender Mm -hmm. um, from the 80s to like maybe early 90s because maybe just lack of awareness or education Mm -hmm. around transgender folk. I'm not too sure. Which is so true, though, because I I just remember growing up in the 90s and first of all, hearing the word gay or lesbian just in general, it was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. what's oh, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> uh, but really, like I, this is the, the type of thing that I recall at least hearing about just because it was almost a new thing to so many people, even though it clearly was not new to the rest of us who actually identify as that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting how far we have come along, but still how far we need to go. Ellen opened up so many doors for me. Like at first I'd watch her, me and my mom would watch her and we'd just be like chilling and like laughing about it. Just like when Oprah would come on or Dr. Phil would come on. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it came out like, oh, hey, I'm part of the community. Like I'm gay. And my mom was like, oh, and I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, there was kind of the conversation that followed that a little bit, um, the kind of avoidance of the topic. Yeah, that's something that actually means a lot to me because we used to watch The Ellen Show growing up. And uh, since I did grow up in a household where that was not an accepted thing, um, as soon as Ellen did come out, my parents said, well, we're not watching that show anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because of that, I don't think I even realized this about myself just yet, but there was something about it that seemed weird and which ultimately led to hatred mm-hmm. of like myself because once i started to notice those things in me i'm like oh that's wrong because my parents didn't that's want what it. yeah that's what my parents said and i mean if that's what you grow up knowing it kind of makes sense that's why you think you have to feel the same way mm-hmm. so yeah that is a big that's a huge thing ellen she really did kind of open the doors for a lot of people yeah the closet doors yeah all of those <laughs> technicolor closets yep <laughs> Because I did end up watching a lot of um, shows and whatnot that coincidentally had representation in them. And I kind of flocked towards more like maybe butch presenting uh, <laughs> people in the media. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, yeah, this is kind of nice. I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's important that shows like Ellen, uh, so on and so forth, exist because 
without them, there'd probably be a lack of that eye opening moment, that third eye. And you're like, whoa, why do I resonate with this? Why? Why is this important to me all of a sudden? Why Mm -hmm. am I offended that my parents are saying you can't watch this anymore? Mm -hmm. You can't look at Ellen. You can't listen to Ellen. It's just like, why not? She seems pretty cool, like pretty normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes you feel like you're alone kind of in your household Mm -hmm. as soon as you realize like you relate yourself so much to this person and then all of a sudden they push that person out the people that you hold closest push you out Mm -hmm. and then you're like what does that mean for me totally agree with you on that just because thinking about shows over the years too um (laughs) i grew up watching soap operas as well Mm -hmm. and once they started introducing gay characters into the show it was always this disgusted look on one of my parents' faces, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, what what else are you supposed to think at that point? Yeah. They're disgusted. I should be disgusted, too, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so strange, though, because if, when you do realize that about yourself, you're like, so I'm disgusted with myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a strange feeling, and um, sucks <laughs> to have yeah. to feel like that and uh, to have to struggle so much inside with something that you are trying to relate to but then you're being told not to relate to. Um, and it's, but the, the, the moral of the story is <laughs> that we shouldn't be ashamed of this because we're just people like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, it doesn't change who you are based off of your sexual preference. So I think this was a good introduction of ourselves, but I think what we got to do now is kind of dive into some history Dating all the way back to what, like the early 20s? Yeah, like 1924 about. Okay. So what happened in 1924? Okay. So in 1924, the first gay rights group was created. Um, there was this veteran, Henry Gerber. He founded the Society for Human Rights in Chicago. Okay. So it was the first homosexual rights group ever in America. And the little newsletter where it was first introduced in uh, the papers was called Friendship and Freedom. And it was the first recorded gay rights publication. That's crazy. Just thinking back to the 20s, thinking to like my grandparents who uh, probably would think this would be a terrible thing. Mm-hmm, um, probably. As much as I, I love my grandparents, you know, it's it's definitely a different time for sure. Um, but then the next thing didn't even happen till years after that. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty quiet, uh, probably for good reason, too, because there was so much going on involving the war. So people were not only occupied with that, but they were still on their old stigmas. Mm-hmm. And most of that stuff didn't clear up until way, 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 way after. Yeah, of course. So there wasn't much activity in when it comes to gay history until about 1958, mm-hmm. where the Supreme Court rules in favor of gay rights. So the next big thing didn't really happen until April 21st of 1966, Mm -hmm. where the Modishian Society organizes a gay rights, quote unquote, zip-in. Okay. So it's a zip-in is basically a little activist event where this bar allowed people of the LGBT community to come in and basically announce that most of the attendees were gay. And this was mostly because during the 1960s, a lot of bars refused to serve people because they were gay. So they could literally say, we are here and we are queer. Exactly. <laughs> and, nobody, <laughs> and nobody could be like, nah, man, you can't have a drink today yeah. because uh, you're like maybe a little fruity. <laughs> Which is just insane because uh, businesses who try to deny people of the community 
you're losing business. Exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't really make sense. Uh, but then it was just a few years later that someone else big happened as well. Mm-hmm. Which is the Stonewall riots. In June 28th of 1969, uh, Stonewall was really important to the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. It brought a lot of people awareness uh, on both sides, allies, uh, non-supporting and supporting. Mm-hmm. So since after the sip-in, gay bars became more prevalent. Mm-hmm. And there was a police raid on one gay bar in New York City. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other customers, whether they be queer or not, they all took a stand and they weren't going to be silenced. Not yeah. this time. They were they were through with it. Yeah. Well, that's great to actually... Uh, you know, I know, I know about Stonewall, but I didn't actually realize there were people outside of the LGBT community that were there to help support. So that is that is great. That mm. is awesome. So good for them for actually <laughs> taking the stand and finally speaking up and being supportive mm-hmm. and not being scared to stand with, you know, their fellow friends. Of course, because I feel like during that time it was kind of uh, if you were gay or even if you were friends with a gay person, mm-hmm. like you were ostracized yeah. just as much as they were. Definitely. So after Stonewall in 1973, homosexuality was no longer declared a mental illness. So for a long time in the past, people would get sent away or they would go to the doctors and they'd probably talk about this or like, Mm -hmm. oh, um, this happened or this happened. And then maybe the person would be reported and then they'd be labeled that they have a mental illness of sorts, even if they were perfectly fine. They were just gay. They just had a different preference than the majority of the people. So do you know, did doctors actually try prescribing something for this? Like placebos? Uh, anything. Because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't find that surprising at all to see them actually trying to prescribe something because they actually do think it's a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm pretty sure there was like people trying to do that as well as like surgeries. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um. Yeah. It's, in, it's insane to think that people thought like this and i mean people still think like this but um even taking it back years and years ago before any kind of movement really you know took over the people to actually make them realize hey this is just a normal person Mm -hmm. it's just crazy how people would handle (laughs) this situation i say that with my little quotes around that Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy because not only was homosexuality viewed as an illness in America, mm-hmm. but in the United Kingdom as well, there was mm. a really important figure in the war, Alan Turing. He helped a lot discovering uh, transmissions okay. from our enemies at the time. Uh, he created the Enigma machine, or he cracked the Enigma machine, mm-hmm. and it was revealed later on that he was actually gay, and he uh, went to court, had a trial, and was found guilty of homosexual homosexual acts or something along those lines okay and he was prescribed something that i think it was like a medical castration of sorts uh where it, oh geez okay yeah it was is that too much no no okay that's just me being like oh geez yeah <laughs> it was it was pretty bad and for him to be like basically a war hero yeah helping save millions of lives but just because he has a different preference than other people he's basically demonized and called mentally ill Mm -hmm. but luckily in 1987 it got way better uh barney frank becomes the second openly gay member of congress so now we're getting a lot more representation Mm -hmm. in america there's people uh, all around uh in court um 
representing us, making sure people understand and know like we're still here, mm-hmm. we still exist, you know, you can't stop us from existing. Which is crazy also because people have always been gay, not like people in general, but yeah. <laughs> since, you know, the beginning of time there has been people who would definitely identify as as that mm-hmm. if they were socially acceptable, you know? It wasn't just a thing like a fad. Yeah. Like people were gay just because it was cool. Because <laughs> Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um I don't think that's how it works, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's cool. Let's get, you know, bullied and stuff. Yeah. Great. Oh my gosh. After Barney Frank came out, in April two thousand, Vermont takes a huge step towards same sex marriage legalization. So Vermont became the first state in America to legalize gay marriage mm-hmm. before 2015 where the whole love wins thing happened mm-hmm. uh gay people weren't allowed to marry they weren't really allowed to be um united in a civil union mm-hmm. so luckily vermont took the first step just want to say way to get it vermont <laughs> yeah. way to seriously take that big step i mean some state had to do it and good thing that they were the ones to step up and take some action mm. so after vermont legalizes same-sex marriage in october 2009 we have the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, and it finally becomes a law. Okay, so if you don't know much about those uh, two different people, Matthew Shepard, he was an American student at the University of Wyoming, and uh, he was at a bar one night, and two guys basically came up and talked to them. Matthew kind of seemed to get a little bit flirty with them. Kind of, I'm assuming thought they were gay, too. Anyways, they offer to take him home, but they end up um, beating him, torturing him, and like Jeez. leaving him to die in the middle of this field. And it wasn't until, uh, I think it was a biker or someone the next day didn't even realize it was a human basically uh, tied to this like wooden fence. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, you know, he died six days later from severe head injuries. Um, and then James Bird Jr., uh, he was jumped. Uh, beat and then wrapped uh, chains were wrapped around his legs and then he was dragged you know someone basically just like strapped him on the back of his truck and dragged him for three miles and it's it's ridiculous it's uh, I mean it's just disgusting to hear some of this stuff but um, you know thankfully well it's very unfortunate but thankfully that um, they've actually started doing something and creating these laws and obviously it's not going to stop people from committing horrible crimes or hate crimes of any sort but at the same time it's it's a start mm-hmm. to hopefully wake people up a little bit because that's terrible so matthew was alive for some of that afterwards so he was left alive on that fence for a while yes mm-hmm. yeah for i'm pretty sure it was it was overnight into the morning of the next day until someone found him mm-hmm. um, i mean he was so weak that he couldn't do anything about it himself to actually like get himself free. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hearing some of these stories just, you know, it just makes you cringe. It makes you feel very uncomfortable because it just makes you wonder how could someone be so cruel to another person based off of their sexuality. But mm-hmm. regardless of that, how can you treat another human like that? Just in general. Yes. Like it's a terrible <laughs> act to do and saying, oh, it's because they're different. that's not a good motive no uh everybody's different in their own way (laughs) so because of all that injustice that happened against matthew shepard and james bird jr a law was passed while obama was in office the law expanded previous hate crime legalization 
to officially mark crimes motivated by actual or perceived gender, sexual orientation, or gender identity or disability as hate crimes. Anyone who had a hate crime committed against them while they're inside of the community as a queer person, it gave them justice, Mm -hmm. basically. It brought whoever hurt them or their friends or their family to um, the law and persecuted them for all the crimes that they committed so that they wouldn't get away scot-free because, oh, you know, they're queer, so it's okay. Yeah. Or they're this, so so it's okay. They're disabled, so it's okay. Yeah. Hey. So after 2009, with the, um, the Hate Crime Prevention Act, that finally became a law, another huge step in queer history was in September 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't Ask, Don't Tell is over. So while Obama was in office, he officially revoked the anti-gay uh, discrimination Don't Ask, Don't Tell law, which prevented gay Americans from serving in our military. Mm-hmm. So just to think that able-bodied men and women wanted to protect and serve the the country that they love and the people that they love because they're queer it it just confuses me so much mm-hmm. because they have so much to offer and again it's like with um business owners refusing uh customers because they're queer yeah you're just getting rid of profit you're getting rid of somebody that could help it's i mean it's what we've been dealing with today too with our current president and transgender um, people who wanted to serve in the military, it was the same type of deal. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, they shouldn't be able to. But why? Why? You have someone who is willing to serve for the country you're running mm-hmm. and you want to prevent them from doing that? Why? Exactly. <laughs> they could make, possibly could make a huge difference. They could be a huge asset. Yeah. You don't know what that person's going to do. Could be the greatest thing ever, but by not allowing them uh, to actually serve, who knows? Mm-hmm. And it's also not letting people maybe accomplish their dreams mm-hmm. or get the benefits that they could prosper from. So when you join the military, uh, you get government support. It helps you have the ability to go to college in some instances. Um, and it offers a lot of reform and order. And it gives a lot of people a family that they never had when they join. And uh, not letting somebody have that. It's denying them maybe something they've wanted to have for a while mm-hmm. or denying them the only exit out of a not so great situation they're in right now. Mm-hmm. So America land of the free, they say uh, definitely was not so free and not obviously not to the, not just to the LGBT community, but to so many other people who everybody considered to be different mm-hmm. for so long. And uh, the sad part is, We've had to go through so many different things over the years in order to make the progress that we have this far. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into more history uh, in our next podcast, and that'll cover more of the, the present day, yeah. at least in the past five to six years or so, which if you don't already know that, things definitely have improved in the past few years. Few years. Yeah, definitely. Up until... Recently. So basically, we have gotten through some of the most challenging and difficult things as a community throughout history. And I think the goal now is to uh, to finish it. You know, like, how do we continue to make more and more changes in order to have it so that everyone, no matter who you are, no matter who you love, you're going to be accepted for exactly that. Just you. Mm -hmm. So join us next time for History Part 2 podcast about the more recent changes in the LGBT community up to where we are today and where we're going tomorrow.
Hey, thanks again for listening. It really means a lot to us. And give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe to Out of the Technicolor Closet anywhere you go to get your podcasts.